When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome back to some sort of the Clear Jets podcast. We host Ben Blessington and Michael Nania. Well, Michael, training camp's been officially underway for about a week now. We're less than a week out from the Jets' first game of the season. So we thought, who better to bring on than Robbie Sabo, co-owner of Jets X Factor, and he's been at every single training camp practice. He's been tweeting out some great uh, insights. Let's hop right into it. A lot of topics to get to. I think the number one topic everybody wants to talk about, Zach Wilson. No, I'm just kidding. Aaron Rodgers. We will talk about Zach, though. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, totally different vibe around one Jets drive these days with him at the helm. Uh, I mean, you've been at a number of Jets practices over the year. Can you just explain the difference in the, the vibe around the team facility right now compared to years past? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is... Uh he's washed up. He's done. Like once you hit 40, you're done. You can't play anymore. Um, obviously that's not true. This guy has not lost anything. I mean, when you watch him, he hasn't lost a damn thing. He's got the power on the throw. He's got the arm strength. He's got the accuracy. And you know what? He's, he's outgunned right now. Like the defense is so much more talented than the offense on the field right now. Cause they just don't have Dwayne Brown. They don't have, you know, Makai's on the second team working back. Tipman's still, working out the depth chart. And today they were at without Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis and Lazard in teams. So he is facing a unit in the defense that has so much more talent yet. When the offense does something well, it's it's most of the time it's Rogers doing something pre-snap at the line of scrimmage. So having that coach on the field alone is worth its weight in gold. So Rogers is, he's a stud quarterback. He's a stud player. And he, he still is that. I don't care about the age. It, this is not 1988 when quarterbacks got destroyed. You know, quarterbacks get taken care of in this league. So that is, it's a stale narrative and no fan should worry about it. Yeah, I've noticed another, uh, a number of plays where he's he's drawn the defense offsides. Yeah. Which isn't something I've seen from a Jets quarterback really ever. Um, hopefully it helps yeah. the defense not to do that. Because <laughs> I've seen it on the flip side a number of times. You know, um, you know, it's funny. It, it was a happenstance, but Garrett Wilson got hurt. He tweaked his ankle on one of those plays today where Rodgers drew the right D end off sides in the neutral zone. I'm not sure if it was Lawson or Jermaine Johnson, or it could have been Clemens. I'm not sure who it was, but knew he had a free play, knew he had a one-on-one with uh, Garrett Wilson and DJ Reed, and Reed covered him. It was a great throw. Uh, didn't put it in a safe spot because he knew it was offside, put it up high, tried it, allowed Garrett Wilson to high point it, better coverage and that's how he got hurt so just pure happenstance but he's done that at least once every day well what have you noticed from the offense in terms of differences from from last year um to this year what's just kind of standing out in terms of their personnel usage kind of the routes concepts they're using anything in particular it's more 
Hackett and Rodgers, they're much more modern than LaFleur. And I'm not saying LaFleur wasn't modern, but he was more modern in the patient sense in which he wanted to establish a run game. A lot of things was... Uh, most everything he did was within structure. And uh, Hackett and Rodgers, yeah, they want to do that too. But the main thing I'm noticing is formations. And I can't get into strategy too much, but formations where... They'll put players everywhere, you know, so they'll put uh, uh, the running back solo. They'll put the running back out wide. They want to do things to get Rodgers the best look possible at what the defense is going to do. So that way he could call the play at the line and know where he's going to go with it. And, and that does a lot for him in, in this offense. Uh, and Robbie, obviously you've been a little bit of a hit on Twitter over the past week or so with your recaps and your, Tweets out of camper. I guess we should call it X now or whatever. You could. We were talking yeah. about this last week. What do we call them? You X's? know, Ben, like X's, whatever, whatever they're called. But um, hopefully it doesn't yeah, stick. Hopefully it doesn't stick. Terrible logo. They're but, joining um, the X Factor. Uh, yes, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe it's good for us. More. Yeah, and I can't even. And yeah. the worst part is, you know, you have you're probably like me where you have like 30 tabs open on your browser. Yeah, so yeah. you're looking for that Twitter logo and you can't find that's, it. Like, that's what I'm dealing Twitter? with right now. Like I'm so yeah. used to it. It stands out. It's that teal blue I'm looking yeah. for. And it's like this black X. Like what website am I on here? Yeah, we'll yeah. get into that. Yeah, but, um, all right. Just, <laughs> just we're not going to talk about that anymore. But anyway, <laughs> you have been a big hit on Twitter recently with your analysis and everything. And I've been telling you over the years, like I think you should – post a little bit more while you're there and you're finally doing it. So I'm curious to ask you when you're there and you're watching, like what are the things that you're trying to look at that are, you know, tangible, real takeaways? Because as we know, training camp is training camp. It's a practice. You can't really take a ton from it because it's not real football. Uh, even when the pads are on, you know, it's, it's not a real game and it's hard to really take things away from it. But from your perspective, what are some of the things you're looking at to where you can see it, and feel like, okay, there's something to be learned here. Well, number one, I mean, there's no replay. And number two, unless they put us on the top patio, you really can't see the whole field. So you have to focus on a position or a spot on the field. And that's the best way to go about it. Uh, so sometimes, because it's not live to the ground, it's not full go, sometimes the trenches do get overlooked at times in camp because of that. It's harder to see what's going on. It's a bigger group. You know, it's all clumped up. Um, so you, you know, you have a great idea of of things. You don't have a great idea in terms of strategy because a lot of the stuff is basic early on in camp, and the game plan for the first week isn't installed until the week before. Um, you know, they may work on some things here and there, but you know, it doesn't come until early September. So you know, they're they're trying to crawl before they walk walk before they run and and it's really basic right now but you get an idea you get an idea of everything in terms of what they're trying to do what they're working towards the tough part is not talking about it and reporting on it because you can't report strategy and routes and personnel right, right and in terms of twitter by the way it's so stupid people on twitter do not read so <laughs> the only reason they're loving these tweets is because i have that uh what do they call it the subscription the twitter blue yeah. And I could go past 250 characters or whatever it is. So instead of people not having to click and read because they don't do it on Twitter, they can read the whole article right there. Um, I'll do it a little more here and there, but we got to mix in some articles with it too. 
All right, what's going on with the O-line, specifically Becton? Because we've, we've yeah. had a lot of talk about him in this offseason. Is he going to play right tackle? Is he going to start? The man is essentially the third-string left tackle right now, and he's yeah. been hurt. What's going on? He started rotating with Billy Turner, and as time has gone on, Turner has gotten more first-team reps. Becton has been on the second team. Um, you know, it, it's weird. In the beginning, Salah said he was a full go, Becton. He looked the part. He looked great. But right from the get-go, his feet, it didn't translate to quicker feet, to lighter feet. And you can never get a full sense unless it's a preseason game, which I'm interested to see how he plays in Canton. Uh, and uh, Damian Woody actually was interested. He reached out to me and I said, Damian, you know how it is. I can't – it's so hard to tell at this stage with offensive linemen. And so I said, the only thing I could tell you is this. I'm not noticing a huge positive difference, like nothing terrible, nothing great, but the weight hasn't translated to lighter feet. It could be rust. It's hard to come back from one year, you know, no less two. So it could be rust. He might need two months to get back into real shape, but that quickness isn't there. He's getting beaten by quicker guys. Uh, and then Salah and the presser said the other day, he's got to learn to trust his knee. That was kind of a message he was sending to him. So how he responds to that is going to be huge. And um, at first they said he was a full go. Then now they're saying he's on a pitch count, which is interesting. And the other interesting thing, too, is putting him at left tackle. I mean, Dwayne Brown's going to play left tackle. There's a reason they signed him. He's going to play. So are they in his, is he in their plans? Because you'd think if he was, they'd play him at right tackle and, and rotate him with Mitchell. But that's not happening. Mitchell's the dude at right tackle right now. So it's interesting. It's kind of up in the air. How's Mitchell looked? Mitchell's okay. Mitchell looks okay. He's he's solid. Uh, you know, best thing with O-linemen is if you don't notice any glaring errors, and that's the case for Mitchell right now. I think the mismatch with defense and offense is more so to do with how good the defense is in terms of talent and the fact that it's training camp. They are on their toes. They're flying around, and Sauce is just the biggest difference maker ever. Him and Quinnen are just absurd. So they're on their game. The offense is just trying to catch up. And don't get me wrong, it hasn't been all bad for the offense. You know, last Saturday, the first public practice, Aaron Rodgers dominated. He was unbelievable. Garrett Wilson was unbelievable. And when you have Garrett Wilson, CD, and uh, and Lazard out, it's not going to be good. So, um, you know, we'll see. You mentioned O-line being a really hard position to evaluate in practice so which positions including o-line which position positions would you say are the hardest to evaluate you know in a practice setting mm -hmm. in training camp and which ones can you maybe take away the most from in a practice setting um quarterback for sure you could take the most away from receivers dbs the the stuff the positions that require less contact you could take the yeah. most out of um and the positions that require more contact you can't and it hasn't always been this way, but, you know, the country club vibes where nothing is ever live, you know, three decades ago, they'd be going two days right now with live tackling to the ground. And you could evaluate anything as long as you're focused in on that area. Um, so I think it's about contact. One of the guys we've heard a lot about this training camp is Jermaine Johnson, who seems to have added some weight. He's been making some splash plays. I know you just talked about how it's kind of hard to evaluate the guys in the trenches, but it does seem like he... You know, you can tell if a guy's looking stronger, his get off, um, yeah. stuff like that. So, what I mean, what takeaways do you have about Jermaine Johnson? Uh, and if he's good, will this be the best Jets draft class in team history? Maybe. I mean, 
Maybe. And uh, it, Jermaine, there's, there's really glowing reports out there that he's dominating, he's doing great. I, I don't see that. I'm not on that train, but I do see improvement. He has been better. He does look good. Uh, the one thing I don't like in, in that category with Jermaine is the 11, the number 11. The Jets changing his position to linebacker just to allow him to change the number, I don't like. You what? Know, <laughs> Why? We, we because... like number 11 on him. We're fans. <laughs> oh, no, no. I love the number 11. Oh, okay. But the fact that they're appeasing a guy. Well, is, it, see, is there any actual difference? No, well, I... not not from a strategic standpoint. He's not going to change positions whatsoever. But so the cares? difference is. You know why? Because the next guy will ask. And will, McDonald, will ask. Will McDonald and wants next, to wear nine. Listen, this is the problem. It's it's the allowing anything and everything atmosphere. So that's the only thing I worry about. Like it leads, it snowballs and it leads into the next thing. So, but if they have it under control, no problem. The 11 does look good on a DN though. I must admit. I love it. That This is how you know Robbie's a football coach. Things yeah, like that. Like, and, and that's and that's great, but um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think it'll be worth it to get the extra speed that comes with him being number eleven. Yeah. He's definitely gonna be if faster. If he plays more confident, yeah. If he plays faster, and he can play more himself. confident, yeah. like you know, number fifty-two, he's more aerodynamic. He's, yeah, yeah it's definitely aerodynamic. Just look at, especially in these jerseys with that font and the numbers. It's oh, how do you guys sweet. like the? Uh, how do you guys like the uh, retro oh, jerseys? Oh, we love it. We love yeah. it. I mean, I know you know my thoughts. I saw your, yeah. The, you know yeah, my thoughts on the current jerseys, right? The jerseys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do like the white with the black pants. I do like that combo, but, oh, God, I hate the current jerseys. These retros are just, I mean, unbelievable. It, it, make them full-time. You can't do it quick enough. Yeah, and hopefully it comes next year because this is when the time has come for them to have the opportunity to change it. It's been five years, so right. we'll see. But one guy who potentially could be wearing those throwbacks in week one based on what we heard this morning is Dalvin cook. I've made my thoughts clear on him. I'm not the biggest fan of potentially adding cook to the team, but what do you think Robbie of the potential of adding cook? What's, what's your stance? I haven't really, I gotta be honest. I haven't really yeah. um, dug into that with your stance. He's a hater. He's yeah. A hater. That, that's basically it. I just hate him. No, but it, it's more like, you know, for me, I, I like the things that running backs can control the most because I feel like if your offensive line is good, you're going to run the ball well, no matter who's back there. If it's bad, you're going to struggle no matter who's back there. So I like, you know, ball security, drops, blocking. Mm -hmm. Those are the things I want to see because running backs can control it. And he's really struggled in all three of those areas. Plus the age, he's going to be 28 this year. Yeah. The durability, his efficiency was down last year. So there, there's some red flags on, concerned about despite the hype so i, I mean what do you think G generally speaking i agree with you it's just that it's about situation okay so you see some reporters do stats on quarterbacks right in practice like rogers right. was eight for 15 today what does it mean really it nothing it means nothing without the context without the situation right. was a first down were they in red zone what was the goal was he throwing it away you know did he take it that matters. That is everything in football. And with Dalvin, it, it it harps back to the fans being disappointed in Douglas and the Jets' aggressiveness of free agency in past off seasons. You know, three years ago, two years ago, what did they do? They got Lawson, DJ Reed, which DJ Reed, unbelievable signing at this point. My God, he's been great. Uh, but they didn't put their foot on the gas. And it makes sense because you don't do that until you have a nucleus first. And they finally have that nucleus. 
So you're afforded the right because it's efficient under the cap to now go crazy in free agency. Um, listen, with Dalvin, I think it's fine. Get more bodies. Get another body at running back. They're taking it slow with Brees. Michael Carter hasn't impressed me. Zonovan has. Izzy so has. Do you think Carter is your odd man out if Cook comes in? Because we know one of those running backs has to go, especially if Bowden is sticking I on think, the roster. I think Izzy... I mean, he's a rookie. They can't really. So if, okay, say they bring in Dalvin, right? What would they do? See, the logical choice would be Zonovan being out, but you don't want to get rid of Zonovan. He's looked the best this off this offseason. So that's a tough question we'll have to think about. But uh, another body is fine. As long as it doesn't hurt next year's cap, I say go for it. Um, but, you know, it's especially tweaking the Miami fans. You know, they'll be up in arms. That is one thing I'd be happy about for yeah. sure. Just to make the Dolphins fans mad. Any anytime you could do that, you're winning. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could carry four backs and a fullback. You'll just be lighter. It does seem like end. they like does seem like they like Bowden. I know you can't get too much into the personnel, but it seems like uh Yeah. It seems like they'll carry a fullback. I mean, think Kuhn. What was Kuhn's first name in Green Bay? The fullback with Rogers. John John Kuhn. John yeah. Kuhn. John Kuhn. Think Kuhn. Kuhn type. He won't really uh, carry the ball at the goal line too much. It'll fullback dive, but uh, it, and it's not guaranteed. I've been fooled before with fullbacks where I thought the the OC would carry a fullback and they did, and they didn't go there. But I think right now that's where it's trending. Didn't, wasn't Tommy Bohannon in Jacksonville when when Hackett was there? Yeah, with Hackett. Yeah, for wow, two years. that's a good call, man. That is, the ex Jet. That's a yeah. good call. Yeah. So there's only a number of fullbacks I think I can name. Yeah, um, what about Denver last year? Yeah, did they, they did carry have a fullback. One. Yeah, they did. All right, well, Andrew we'll see. Beck. So yeah. uh, he has Hackett has a history with it. In Green Bay, they didn't use it a lot, but we know that was kind of more Lafleur's offense than Hackett's. But uh, right, the right. Hackett led teams, Denver and Jacksonville, they yeah. did go. The I'd be stunned if they don't carry him. And the other thing is this: they're not really rotating at the position. Uh, you know, fullback is a specialist position where there's only some packages, so he'll come in there. There's really no one else taking those reps, so. Yeah, I think it's all but certain. And maybe they go four running backs, one fullback. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I got I got one for you. Who's a player that you weren't really talking too much about entering camp, and after you've been there for about 10 days, you think you might have a chance to sneak onto this roster? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'll throw some names out there, and then we'll narrow it down a little more. Okay. Uh, Brownlee, Irv Charles. Sorry, Michael. Um, why? What happened? Michael, you want to tell Robbie? Tell me. I, I guess I could tell. I revealed it on last week's podcast. So I <laughs> DM'd Jason Brownlee because he has yep. open DMs, invited him on the podcast. And he's, I think it was after a few days, he was like, Yeah, I'm game, whatever. Like it, he would come on. And then, like, I was like talking to Ben about what I should respond with. And I typed up my response and I was going to send it to Ben. But somehow my brain turned off and I sent my screenshotted message. To Jason Brown. No. <laughs> yeah, we haven't heard from him since. So. I, I apologize. I was like, oops, I just meant to send him yeah. a partner. No, hey, no response since do? then. I think he's I'm, still processing it. I hope he I hope he makes a team yeah. as just a Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be great. He's gonna yeah, be the I, next wanker bet now. I'll try to slide a note to Salo. Hey, listen, keep Brownlee <laughs> for this reason alone, please. Um Brownlee coming into this camp because I saw him in OTAs a little bit. Xavier Gibson, I thought might have been a shot because he could punt return, he could do a lot of different things. But Brownlee and Irv Charles, 
based on need with the injuries outside, they've stepped in there and been pretty damn good. Malik Taylor also got love early in one of the practices uh, where they went, uh, was it 12 personnel? Two receivers only. It was either base or 12, and it was Lazard and Malik Taylor. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? And uh, someone told me Malik Taylor used to play with Rodgers in Green Bay, so maybe it was like a special former Green Bay package to get Rodgers off to a good start that day. But Brownlee, uh, Gibson, Irv Charles... Not much else. Yabo has been pretty solid, but Yabo has been around for a few years. He's got an uphill climb. I don't think he's going to make it. Um, the corners are set. The safeties. The safety is going to be interesting. I don't think Ashton Davis is making this team. I know they love him on special teams, but frees up some money. Yeah, there comes a point where you got Dean, you got Bernard Converse, who hasn't been out there yet, and you got Tony Adams, and then Amos and Whitehead. Safety has been pretty solid too. So uh, right now, I think just the receivers that those those few guys all right let's talk about them zach wilson yeah what have we seen what do we like what what are we still seeing that's not so great it's it's like a mixed bag still uh, that's the problem and he does weird things in certain situations where if it's uh third down he'll throw it away you know he'll throw it away <laughs> in, in a spot where his receiver has no chance you know, if it's first down, he'll freeze and take a, take a sack. And that should be reversed, those mindsets. There's been po- really positive signs on some days where he hit Brownlee for that, you know, moss catch type where he went over someone. I forgot who it was. Um, he hit, uh, I can check my notes, but he hit someone yesterday for a deep one as well. Beat, a- beat Ashton Davis across the field in zone. So it's been a mixed bag. There was one day where he was excellent. I think it was Sunday the day after Rodgers dominated, he was confident. The one throw was on the money, perfect placement to Lazard, low and away, eight to 10 yards on the sideline. He rolled out. Uh, there was another one where Jermaine Johnson just undressed uh, Carter Warren, the rookie, on the left side and was in Wilson's face, but Wilson didn't freeze as he normally does. He threw it kind of sidearm to the outside to one of the tight ends or fullbacks. Perfect placement in good coverage. Usually he'll freeze in that situation. When a guy comes free and is right in his face, there he didn't. So you see some positive signs, and you see some leg drive too off his uh, plant leg on deep balls. So you see some positive si- uh, signs, but it's not consistent yet. You know, it's still all over the place. Quickly, before we get out of here, I want to ask you about a young guy on defense who – I really like the way he played at the end of last year, and I think a lot of fans are hoping he can break out this year and potentially start Tony Adams. What have you seen from yeah. him? And yeah. uh, do you think he really has a shot to be the starting free safety in week one? Yeah, yeah. I would um, I'd put it at like 95% that he's a starting free safety come week okay. one. Okay, I like nice. that. He's um, initially Amos and him were rotating. Amos getting the first reps. And I don't think it's it's a knock on Amos. He's just not that free safety type. You know, you've got to have a guy with range and Adams either on the second or third practice had a ridiculous day. Uh, he's already picked off Rogers at least once uh, a diving one-handed PD against Hardman. One play where I saw him playing zone backpedaling to take away the deep third and then broke it off to take the secondary uh, route, which was a dig across the middle. It just, he's doing great things back there and it's, it's evident in the way the, the defensive unit is playing. So I think Adams has been 
he'd probably be my number one guy in terms of you know, players other than the superstars at camp this year in terms of production so far. All right, Robbie, last question. Might take a little bit though. Stock up, bad. stock down. I can either I can either give you some players and you tell me, or if you have a few studs and duds in mind, I don't know how you want to do this. Go for it. Um, okay, let's start. Jeremy Ruckert. I'll go stock up with Rucker. You know, cautiously optimistic stock up. He's he's been blocking well. He's not catching a lot of receptions, but he's doing pretty solid. And I think with Conklin and Uzama sitting out for a little bit, him and Kuntz got a lot of run, got a lot of time. And I think that really helped his confidence. Bryce Hall. Oh, man. I don't even know where to go with Hall. He's been so quiet. He hasn't made any plays. I can't even call him workmanlike. It, he hasn't been awful either. Like, I haven't watched a play where – I said to myself, my God, Bryce Hall just got beat. It's more so he puts himself in the in good positions, but the payoff is never there. Um, so I'll, I'll give him an incomplete. Joe Titman. Uh, incomplete, for sure incomplete. I can't go upper. You know what? Officially, I'll go stock down because you expect, you sometimes expect a center, especially a Wisconsin center, to be starting. If not on the second team right now, he's on the third team. So I'll go stock down officially with a caveat that preseason is where he's going to make his hay um and i'm not really worried about him abana kanda i heard you say you weren't too impressed yeah he hasn't really done much in my in my um in my eyes he hasn't really popped off die has been the other kid uh travis die has been more noteworthy i wouldn't say impressive but more noteworthy um izzy is still trying to wade through you know the uh the early rookie goings i think all right, a few more. Mikael Hardman. Hardman, uh, I'll go stock up only because it's evident he's going to be heavily involved in this offense. He could return punts. I don't expect him to return kicks. That's going to be Zonovan or someone else. Uh, maybe Michael Carter if Dalvin does come in and Brees is back. Um, so I'll go up there, but he, he's dropped one or two that you don't like to see. Uh, he's explosive, though, so I'll go up. Jordan Whitehead. Whitehead, I'll go up. I mean, he's been pretty quiet as well, but Adams has just stabilized the D, especially on the back end with uh, Whitehead sauce, DJ Rita, Michael Carter II. So I'll go up with Whitehead. He's uh, workmanlike, very steady. Adrian Amos. Amos, you got to go stock down since Adams has beaten him out, but, but he has made a few nice plays. It's just that he is a strong safety. He is behind Whitehead. He's got to play strong safety. Jamie and Sherwood. Is Quan coming back or are we just rolling with Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I'd love to see Quan back. They love Sherwood. And that's the thing, too. When you look at the offense versus defense, look at guys like Adams and Sherwood. I mean, they, they rise through the ranks. Mosley, although he's severely overpaid, and you'd love to get a younger linebacker, younger Mike in there, uh, who's a lot more cost efficient. He's probably helping Sherwood a lot. So... You know, the defense really has a lot of talent, and uh, it's showing. Michael, you got any? I have I have one more I can give him, but I don't know if you have anybody you wanted to. Uh, Tom Sanasi. Okay. Get, <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. Get out of here. I, all right, last one. Unless I, Actually, two more. Zaire yeah. Barnes. Saw you had an interception. Uh, yeah, stock up. He did make a play recently. I, it's, I can't remember which one it was. What he yeah. did exactly? The, the all these plays are running into the I, next. Yeah, one. I actually do have one. When you're done, he had an interception. Yeah, 
Bar- he did have an interception? Yeah. Okay. I'll um, go stock up with Barnes. I'll go stock up. But the guy I really uh, want to see is Bernard Converse. Yeah, we haven't seen him yet. Yeah. That's really? the guy I really want to see. Just Tipman, based off his last one. Tipman. Tipman. Get out oh, of you here. Tipman? Get, 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 yeah, you already gave him Tipman? Mute yourself, got, Michael. Get out of here. I had to go stock down. And Trey <laughs> Dean, by the way, he's another guy. Did I, did I talk That's, about it with you no, guys? No, I was going to ask. That was my last one. He, he popped early in teams today. You're not supposed to go live to the ground, but he popped Michael Carter on the sideline, hit him, wrapped, drove, didn't give up, and knocked him down. And Greg Sinat, the backup lineman, uh, took offense. There was a little shoving. And, you know, some some guys would say, don't do that to professionals. We don't go live to the ground. But if I was Ulbrich or Salah, I'd secretly pat him on the back and say, good job, because he got things going. And, uh, you know, I like Dean. Dean stuck up. All right, Robbie. He was, uh, he's a friend of the pot, so I was going to end with him. Nice. Thank you so much for coming on. We're going to have you on again soon. Appreciate the camp update. Have a good one. All right, thanks so much, Robbie, for coming on. We know you got to run. You can follow Robbie at Robbie Sabo on Twitter. Is it X, Twitter? What are we going with? I'm going to stick with Twitter for now. Um, follow myself, Ben W. Blessington, Michael, Michael underscore Nania. Go to jetsxfactor.com, best place to go for Jets content. Um, please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe to the Jets X Factor YouTube. Michael, last thought. I know we touched on it a little bit in that in that interview with Robbie, um, but we're kind of the uniform podcast. I feel like we need a, a better detailed breakdown of these throwbacks. I know they came out a few days ago, whatever, but we didn't get a chance to talk about it in the last pod. What do you make of it? How do you feel? I love it. As soon as it came out, I had a very positive reaction. Uh, I had cheered a little bit, clapped my hands, just nice little celebration personally at my desk. Um, did did you have a vocal reaction when you saw it, or maybe the no? I, I'm on the West Coast. I, I'm on the way. I rolled over, saw my phone, looked at it, and then rolled back and went to sleep. I wasn't too. So you're a normal person. You're saying yes. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I I think we kind of already knew what they were gonna look like. Yeah, like we we knew what it was going to look like because of that leak uh, that came out. So we we had an idea we could picture it. But I knew once we saw it, you know, with good lighting and that setting where it's all produced and it it always looks really good in these photo shoot settings. Uh, So I knew it was going to look great. I'm just glad we have have a better photo of Aaron Rodgers in a Jets uniform than that one that keep tweeting out with the goofy smile. Yeah, you know, he just he looks ridiculous in that photo. (laughs) So I'm glad we have a better Aaron Rodgers Jets photo. Speaking of which, we didn't even talk about that with, with Robbie, but the massive pay cut um, that he took, pretty big deal. I mean, that is that the biggest pay cut in NFL history? I, I haven't seen anyone say that definitively. It has to be. keeps saying who, that it's like one of the biggest, but it has who, to be the biggest. Who would, right? be, who would take more than a $35 million pay? Unless you're counting like Brady leaving money on the table, but Rodgers had $35 million guaranteed coming to him, and he handed that. I mean, can you imagine? What could, what could yeah. he have bought with that the, that thirty five million? He could have paid his taxes and then house in Malibu. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's a lot. <laughs> is that, is that a story? I, I've looked at it. I've looked at it. It's insane. He could buy, he could buy a yacht. He could. I mean, thirty five mil. That's the State Farm money makes up for it, though. That's true. The discount double check. I mean, yeah, he'll make it up in, in New York endorsements, and he'll never have to buy a drink or a slice of pizza in the city. So he'll make all that money back. But pretty pretty massive deal. Um, yeah, we didn't have Robbie on for, for too long uh, today. We'll have him on uh, at the beginning of next week. We'll be talking a little bit more about training camp and then mostly just talking about that Browns game and getting ready to, to roll. First game, how excited are you? I can't believe it's here already. Just a week until the next Jets game. It's well, well, crazy time to, to think about. Be, I know. It's, we're recording this Thursday. This will come out Friday, so it'll be six days. And then, yeah, I mean, I guess it'll be 
I know we'll, we'll talk about this more in the next podcast, but how many quarters is Zach Wilson getting? I think he gets the first half. The whole first half. Yeah. Why not? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think I mean, he needs he, all the reps he can get. Like, <laughs> yeah. Give him the, give know, him I know. Game. I know he's the backup and like, you know, maybe you don't want to risk the injury too much, but for him to be a reliable backup, he also needs to improve and to improve, he needs to get the reps. So I think it's, I think he'll get a lot of playing time. In preseason. All right, do, do you think we get, uh, any Rodgers in preseason action? No, zero. Not in camp, but like not even against the the Bucks or the Panthers. Yeah, I don't think so. All Do right. you think so? Like one drive, third game? No, you're probably right. They probably just stick to the. They got to make sure he's on the field. It's just so. not worth it. One play is <laughs> not worth it. Yeah, he'll get he'll get plenty out of those those uh, joint practices. All right, we'll get out of here. Which, which oh. I will be at, by the way. I'll be going to the, nice. the first Carolina. of those. All right, yeah, well, we can, Carolina. We can bring so. you on the pod to, to break down what you saw. I'll have some firsthand experience to discuss after that one. Finally, I'll actually see a practice and be able to talk about it. <laughs> Thank you, Ruth, for listening. I have more Jersey thoughts. We didn't really dive into it too much. You, all right, sorry. Go ahead. All right. I mean, you, you there's like a lot to like about like this. Number. I thought that the helmets, I knew we were going to be a, a highlight because – you know, we knew they were going to be keeping the same helmet shell, which we love. You know, that metallic green. So it's very shiny. It pops. And we knew they'd be sticking with that because they still have the black helmets. You can only have one alternate. It's just a logo that really is the weakness of the regular helmets. But you slap the 80s logo on there. We knew it was going to look good, along with the white face mask. And, yeah, these are great helmets. So, And I think these helmets are the reason I could see these being the primary uniforms is because, you know, I don't think any... the Most NFL teams don't really want to go to those full-on classic uniforms anymore, even if it is sort of classic. Like, there's always a modern twist to it, it feels like. The helmets are what allow this uniform to be the primaries because it still makes it feel a little modern and sleek. It's not just fully classic, but it still has that old school retro feel to it. So I think you know that, what? that's what I like. I think it has a balance because of the helmet. I think that brings I like it together. It. I like it a lot. I think it's perfect as a throwback. I'm glad they're wearing it twice and not just once. Um, I think they are going to redo. I think they'll overhaul the whole uniforms next year. And then I think it'll be probably the eighties logo. Um, but you know what? I, I think the jets like having the third color is black. I think for marketing purposes or whatever, it just, they, they want to have that black. And it's like, you know, to be fair, I mean, they had they did have black in the 90s, so it's not like it was completely out of thin air. I think that's but, their worst look, though, that 90s look. I don't agree with you. I mean, I think – I mean, they look like, I would take the present <laughs> uniforms over the 90s. Really? That's a bold decision. I think – It's I just think weird. The, it maybe is like the way the jerseys were made, but the green on the jerseys was very weird. And the black, I don't think it worked with that uniform. I think the helmet downgraded with the black outline. And the face mask. Seriously? So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, it doesn't seem like you agree. Whoa. Uh, you're just at a loss for words. Is it that shocking? Sorry. No, I, you know, like I, got a, I got a tweet. Sorry. I got a tweet notification from Rappaport with the uh, the double exclamation point emojis. And so I had to pause and read it for a second. But all he, he was just quote tweeting Jalen Ramsey, who said that end of season push going to be legendary. Wow. So that kind of makes me – well, that kind of makes me feel – Not pointless. That kind of makes me feel like Ramsey might be out for a bit. We're getting so far off track. We were supposed to be done like five minutes ago. Thank you. Also, I like the number font. It's, <laughs> Go ahead. it's unique. It's not just like that typical 
block number font that, you know, a lot of teams have the same one, like the Giants, the Packers, the Cowboys. It's the exact same font, but this is this is unique. No other team has this font that the Jets are going with. Also, I point this out to you, but those uh, the stripes on the jersey, on the shoulders, it's, it's I don't know what the material is. If, if you know, tell me what it is, but it's like that shiny material they might have seen on like an old Reebok jersey. And I, th- I like that instead of being a stitched stripe like the like the 49ers have because it again it gives a little bit of sleekness to it where the jets it should okay. shine a little all right. bit all right and the, all right. uh, the stripes okay. do that okay. so uh so yeah geez i thought i like uniforms you don't like uniforms no i do but hearing you talk about the shininess of the stripes is making me reconsider we were discussing this why are you you were down here like i'm the me. only one i was right. <laughs> no you agreed uh, yeah um all right well all right, last question. Seem, don't make it seem no. like I'm the only one who's looking at them this detailed. All right, you're right. I did look at them for like also midfield logos. How about that? Midfield that's actually that's honestly means way more to me than the uniforms. Because it'll finally feel like the Jets are playing a home game. Yeah. Because I think I think MetLife next year is gonna feel so different because it's gonna that be That is a huge game changer. The NFL logo just adds to the neutral feeling of the stadium yes exactly with the gray seats and now you got this red white and blue logo midfield and the jets are playing now that you got your actual logo there it just brings it all together and it's you're gonna Actually, have it feels like the jets you're home. gonna have bigger and better and louder crowds too so i'm excited night games with the green lighting yeah, i'm so excited for week one especially now that they're wearing those unis too yeah i can't wait to be there all right with those shoulder stripes the material oh god <laughs> All right, I'm done. All right, I'm done. All right, thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back beginning of next week. I guess we'll just be breaking down the, the Browns game, getting into game previews and game recaps, Michael. I mean, we're here. This is, this is exciting. So thank you everybody for listening. Have a great weekend. Go Jets.